continue to stand for the reading of God's word. If you would like to use one of the blue Bibles under your chair, it's on page 499. I'll be reading out of the book of Psalm 12, chapter 12. Save, O Lord, for the godly one is gone, for the faithful have vanished from among the children of man. Everyone utters lies to his neighbors. With flattering lips and a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips, the tongue that makes great boasts. Those who say, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are with us. Who is master over us? Because the poor are plundered, because the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will place him in the safety for which he longs. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. You, O Lord, will keep them. You will guard us from this generation forever. On every side the wicked prowl, as vileness is exalted among the children of man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, wow. When, uh, when Evan asked me to do a Sunday morning message, I was, uh, I w- I was kind of surprised, um, but uh, uh, I, I sort of, uh, I, I, I got into it. I, I really enjoy this psalm. Um, when he told me that he wasn't going to be here, though, I was, ooh, you're not going to be here? <laughs> well, okay, yeah, and after that introduction, uh, I... You know, Now I'm nervous. Yes, yes, no. Um, uh, I'm I'm usually in the sound booth, as you know. I hide back there, uh, uh, but uh, uh, we don't sleep in the sound booth. It is work, believe it or not. Uh, You guys are awake back there, right? Wave your hands. There's one hand waving. So, no, two hands. Oh, okay, okay, all three people are awake now. Uh, that's good. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it's fun being back there. Uh, it's hard work. Uh, this is uh, different. This is very different for me. I have taught Bible studies for decades. Uh, Bible studies are different than a Sunday morning service. Bible study focuses on knowledge and, and uh, the ancient languages and historical backgrounds. And, uh, uh, but what we're about here is something different than just a Bible study. We are about worship. It's about going to God, communicating with Him. Uh, We become the ones who entertain, bring glory, make much of Him by our worship, by our time here. We are in Psalm 12, and there's a notation Uh, probably in your Bibles, to the choir master. It's a psalm of David. It is a song. And I am convinced this is a song that we should sing. I'm going to lead us in singing, not the whole psalm, but just the first phrase. Save, O Lord, for the godly one is gone. Uh, the, the, the verse says the, the godly one is gone for the faithful have vanished from among the children of men. But this first phrase, I, I want you to try and grab a hold of it. I've got a little melody. 
and, and I'm going to sing it, and then you can uh, repeat it after me. Uh, you know, save, O oh Lord, for the godly one is gone. And, and so then you can repeat after me, and uh, uh, we'll, get, we'll get into this, into this song. Save, O oh Lord, for the godly one is gone. Save, O oh Lord, for the godly one is gone. Save, O oh Lord, for the godly one is gone. Save, O oh Lord, for the godly one is gone. Do, do you feel it? The cry for help. Because godly people have vanished from among the children of men. And when, when you watch the news on TV at night, do you feel it? Yeah? When, when you look at what's going on in the world today, do you feel it? Yeah. Um, the, uh, the impact uh, of, of the lack of godly people in our society gets a little worse every year. You can see that. So he, we get into the problem. David hits us between the eyes with the problem. Uh, he says in verse 2, everyone utters lies to his neighbor with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. The problem is a double heart. Um, the, and this is a, a deceitful heart. It brings to mind Matthew 6, 24. Jesus said we could serve two masters, will hate one and love the other. Um, we are given a list of sins of the tongue with, with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. Um, the tongue that makes great boasts. Boasting? Yes. Verse 4 says, with our tongue we will prevail, our lips are with us. And so we see we've, we, we now have a, a prayer uh, the, the, the Lord is, at, is, is petitioned in verse 3, cut off all flattering lips. You know, remove them. Remove the boasting. Remove the people who rely on their own word. Remove people who deny that God is their master. And the result is in verse 5, the poor are plundered. Have you been plundered lately? We, we don't use that word very much. In the King James, it's, it's often translated as destruction. Uh, the poor are destroyed. Uh, the needy groan. So we have the sins of the tongue, lies, boasting, of flattering lips, and... Uh, more slides, more slides. Uh, and then we have the sins of violence. Yes, the destruction. Uh, 
The word of God shows us that this, this violent sin in our society comes from sins of the tongue. And that may not quite make sense unless you've been bullied lately, unless you've been in a workplace where arrogance and boasting uh, stifle uh, creativity, productivity, where uh, unless you, were, you grew up in a family where people were expected to be arrogant, boast, and, you know, hurt. Um, we look at uh, our, our world and, and we grieve. Specifically, the problem here is these people lack a reverence for God, a fear of God. Uh, and it comes from the heart. The Apostle Paul agrees with David in Romans 3, verses 9 through 18, he quotes various psalms. And this is fascinating that, that Paul would just reach out into the psalms. He doesn't quote Psalm 12 directly, but, but listen to what he says. He says, there is none righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. And I love verse 13. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. There's no fear of God before their eyes. So now the question for us, coming from the psalm and supported by, by Paul, is do you have a reverence for God? Who is God to you? Is he all-powerful? Is God all-knowing? Is God creator? Did God create you? Do you revere God and his word? Most people act like they don't. Adam and Eve are good examples, and we'll, we'll take a peek. Genesis 3, uh, you know the story of Adam and Eve it was perfect in the garden. It was wonderful, paradise. They had everything. And then the serpent comes. He's more crafty than any other beast of the field. And he says to the woman, and I was trying to practice what a good serpent voice would sound like, you know. Did God actually say, you know, you should not eat of any tree in the garden? Uh, what's, what's he doing? He's questioning God. Have you heard people question God lately? And the woman said to the serpent, uh, you shall not eat, we may not eat of any fruit of the tree of the garden. But God said, and this is great, she quotes God. You shall not eat of any fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So she was on the right track, right? Right. I love this story. The serpent says to the woman, you will not surely die. You know, again, what's he doing? It's a lie. Yeah, it's a lie. He's, he's, yeah, oh, God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. 
<laughs> so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her. This is where evil comes from. Uh, if you have friends, relatives that are not Christians, they don't know God, they don't want to know God, ask them about evil. Ask them their definition of evil. You might be surprised. It could be humorous. Uh, they'll point to their boss at work, that's evil, or, or a nasty relative, oh, you haven't seen evil till you've seen them. But this is evil. It comes from the heart, and the heart, we will see, is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Uh, Eve was on the right track. She had God's word in her mind. But what happened? Her decision maker broke. She, she, her, her will and her emotions were turned toward how good that fruit looked like. It was turned away from God. Uh, God was not her master. Um, so we see evil as coming from the heart. Are you in this drama? Are you like Eve? You quote scripture, but then accept the lie so you can disobey God. The fruit was pleasing. She wanted it. She accepted the lie. And we're given, we're surrounded by people all the time that tell us, you won't die. So do we accept the lie? So we've got questioning God. We've got accepting the lie. And, oh, Adam. Let's not forget Adam. What was Adam doing in this drama? Nothing. Yeah, Adam was standing there. Uh, yeah, the, the silence of Adam is deafening. Uh, the... The, the, you know, we live in a world that questions God, boasts to deceive, uh, brings opposition, destruction. Are we silent? Ooh, yeah. So, it, it, you know, this, the story should, should poke at us and remind us, you know, we've got a problem. We've got a problem. Uh, it's the world that we live in. Um, Paul says, there are none righteous, no, not one. No one understands, seeks God's. Are you ready for the answer? Now, I love this psalm. Not all psalms have an answer. There's a lot of suffering, and then it just leaves you hanging. But we've got an answer. It gets exciting. In verse 5, the psalmist gives us a statement from God. I will now arise, says the Lord. I will place him in the safety he longs. Note that David knows God. God is personal. What will God do? He will arise. We see the problem was the double heart. David is, is, is leading us to have a single heart. The... Uh, uh, God arises, brings safety, and verse uh, 6, 
tells us that the words of the Lord are pure words like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. This is a ridiculous amount of refining. Pure. God's word is pure. Do you like truth? Oh, wow. Well, that's what God's word is. David is, is hammering this home. Um, he will now arise. He will place us in the safety for which we long. And how will he do it? God's pure word. Now, I read this, you know, God will arise. And I thought, yes, he's going to, you know, lightning, right? God will, God will strike these boastful, arrogant people down, right? Well, it becomes God's word rising. How? Where? Well, the, the problem was the deceitful heart. The answer is a single heart. It, you know, is it coming together? Is it coming together for us? Uh, you, O Lord, will keep them. You will guard us forever. Uh, the idea of God's word rising in our hearts to bring salvation may sound confusing. Maybe you were hoping for, uh, you know, I don't know, three points in a poem or three steps to whatever, but it comes down to God's word rising in our hearts, changing our hearts to bring salvation, to bring safety. As God, God's word takes over our hearts, we no longer have a double heart. We have a single heart, a focused heart, heart focused on God. And once again, that's not just our mind. We can quote scripture. We can know all about God. But it's going to be our will. How we make decisions. What do we think about all the time? What's in our emotional makeup? Is it God's word? Our heart. Let's go to Jesus. Uh, the, the best sermons uh, are, are going to not pull crazy things out or, 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 or you know, and they're going to take you to, they're going to take you to uh, the, the New Testament, to the gospel, to Jesus. And, and, and Jesus, you're probably familiar with the first chapter of John. In verses 1 through 4, we see another aspect of the Word of God. It says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Notice it's capitalized. That's not a, a mistype. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Uh, what we see here, and what we see is... It, it, and it goes right back to Psalm 12. Jesus is the Word. Jesus is life. Jesus is God. 
So we talk about the word rising in our hearts. You know, what is the word of God? Well, it's the Bible, you know, as a whole. You can divide it up into different things. Decrees of God in the, you know, let there be light and uh, 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 preaching from this, from the prophets, you know, that's the word of God also. And now we see Jesus is the word of God. Uh, A powerful concept, and we see the word must be in our heart if we are going to have the safety that we long for. Um, the other, the other verse, uh, Galatians two, verse twenty. We see that uh, Paul approaches this in, in a, a slightly different way. I got to thinking about, oh, the word arises. Is, is this talking about the empty tomb? Well, I, I don't know. That might be reading too much into it. But I do like what Paul says. He he writes, "I have been crucified with Christ." It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. But the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life up for me. We rise with Christ. We are crucified with Christ. We have a new life with Christ. God's word rising in our hearts brings us salvation. And this leads us right to the gospel. We see God's word, Jesus, rising in our hearts, confession and repentance brings salvation. And the gospel, the good news, is that Jesus lived and died paid the penalty for our sin uh, so we may become children of God, literally born again, and it's through faith alone. It's a free gift. Do we have to work to have God's word rise in our hearts? No, it's there. Open your Bible. Turn to Jesus. It rises in our hearts as we admit that we have disobeyed God. We've fallen short of the glory of God. We have missed the mark. Whatever you want to call it, it's sin. And we need to admit it and then turn away from it. It's hurting us and the people around us that we love. It's killing us. And we need God to guide us in the opposite direction of those things that are hurting us, our sin. Salvation, safety. How can we have safety in this sad, sick world? Well, God's word rises in our hearts through confession, repentance, and we are changed, transformed. Jesus said, born again to Nicodemus, and he wasn't just kidding. It's a new life. It's a spirit-led life. It is God's spirit guiding us. So Jesus is the word. You, you get it? Rising in our hearts to bring the safety and salvation in this fallen world. 
You, O Lord, will keep them, is verse 7. You will guard us from this generation forever. Works for me. I love it. And then verse 8, I hate verse 8. I got to admit, sorry, David, sorry, God, but I do not like verse 8. It says, on every side the wicked prowl, as vileness is exalted among the children of men. Okay, okay. So we, we've got the good news. God's going to guard our heart forever. His word's going to rise in our hearts as we you know, confess and repent. But the wicked are prowling. They're marching around like kings. And yeah, I see it on the news. The wicked are not going away anytime soon, are they? And I'd love to have something optimistic and, and, and uplifting to end the psalm. But this probably fits because the battle rages on. One of C.S. Lewis's essays begs the question, is a Christian life hard or easy? Is it hard or easy being a Christian? What do you think? I'll give you, <laughs> I heard a mumble there. Uh, I'll give you my answer to the question, is it hard or easy? Yes. Both. <laughs> it's both, Larry. Yes. Uh, it's, it's hard, and uh, uh, I'll give you Matthew 16, uh, starting in verse 24. Jesus is with his disciples, and he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life would lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. You, if you know anything about crucifixion, you'd say that's hard. Ooh. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What will a man give in return for his soul? The Christian life is hard we have authorities, powers, people in control of our lives that do not know God and will, they will hurt us. Our culture continues to produce laws that make adhering to God's word uncomfortable. Ooh, how about prison and, uh, and travel to... Uh, a, a foreign country you, you could find yourself in jail or, or worse for preaching for sharing uh, God's love Jesus asks if we'll follow him it could, it could include danger Whew. so it's hard as the verse 8 says the wicked prowl vileness is exalted it's also easy and I'll give you a good, good verse. There's lots of verses throughout Scripture. You probably have them on your mind that tell you how, how, why it's good to follow Jesus. So many promises in the Bible. Uh, Jesus says in, in Matthew 11, verse 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy 
and my burden is light. It's easy following Christ. He climbs in there. He works with us. He lifts that burden. He guides us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So it's easy because verse 7, take you back there, the Lord will keep them. He'll keep us. God will guard us from this generation. And I could shout it forever. Yeah. Get excited. The word of God will rise in, his heart, or in our hearts and brings the salvation for which we long. We have the answer. And, and that should, I mean, we, yeah, let's click our heels. Let's jump. Let's, let's share it. It's exciting. We've got a wicked world, vile, nasty world to live in. But does God's word in your heart, in your decision-making, in your mind, in your emotions, does that make the difference? Are you blessed? This idea of having a Savior who, who lifts us and guides us, you know, does that make us blessed? Well, some people, you know, they're, they're looking at their possessions, their heritage, personal attributes as their blessing. And it's good to acknowledge God's hand on our life. Uh, material blessings in our life, let's, let's count them. Let, you know, it's important. Um, but these are blessings of the natural man. I, I want to lead you to the Beatitudes. Just three. This is the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm just going to give you the first three. These jump right out at me from the psalm. Uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn and the meek. The, the poor in spirit, the promise is uh, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And those who mourn, they'll be comforted and the meek shall inherit the earth. Do you see this in the psalm? When we cried out, save, O Lord, for the godly one is gone. Did you feel it? The poor in spirit, those who are broken by the wonder and the love of God and turn to him, heaven, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this is David. This is a picture of David's life, broken before God, poor in spirit, turning his life uh, to, to God. Save, O Lord, the godly one is gone. And, and uh, do we see David mourning, uh, grieving for the loss that comes from living in this world? We have grief. We lose things all the time. Our, our jobs, our comfort, our health, our loved ones. And when we mourn and take that to God, we are comforted. That's what David's doing right here, isn't he? He is mourning. He's grieving. Blessed are the meek. Uh, how do you walk and live on the earth? How can we do it? 
How can, how can God's word rise in our hearts and meek inherit the earth? What is it? What, the, the humility? Will humility humbly walking uh, before the authorities, the people in control of our life, pleasing God, bringing glory to God, and yet obeying the authority structures in this world with humility, with meekness, what will that bring to our life? The promise here is the earth. And you see it here. On every side the wicked prowl, and yet the word of God, the pure, pure truth of God rising in our hearts, taking control of our life, gives us the earth. Yeah, the battle rages on. Glorifying God, relying on God's power and provision, we will have the earth, we will have comfort, brokenness before God, we'll see heaven. Some contrasts the word of man, boasting, lies, deceit, violence, wickedness, death, with the word of God, truth, pure truth, salvation, safety, hearts guarded forever, life, hmm, death, life, easy, easy to choose, right? Easy choice. Yeah, okay. The, 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 the time to choose is, you know, is, is now. And it's not an easy choice. If it was an easy choice, everybody would be a Christian. So word of man, word of God, you know, life, destruction. Uh, your response to God depends on how God's spirit is working in you. Everybody in here is different. I've heard numerous pastors say it's awesome looking out over a congregation. The, the battles you are, are waging, how God is working in your heart, your life, are all very different. Uh, your uh, response, the way you go to God Seeking his word to rise in your heart is going to be very different for all of you. But it must happen if, if we are to, to overcome. The, it, a lot of this psalm is like a trip to the doctor. Take your medicine, do your therapy, follow my advice. But it goes beyond that. This is not just medicine. This is life. If, uh, if there was a spiritual ultrasound, hold out that device, put it on your heart, you know. God judges our heart, not our outward appearance or what we do. You don't work your way into heaven. It's your heart that God is looking at. The heavenly host looks down upon us and looks at our heart. If you turn to God and his strength for help, for his strength, repentance, for his strength in guiding you. 
you shall be saved. You'll experience that transformed life. A couple thoughts. How's your prayer life? What do you pray for? Do you pray like David? Where are they? Where are the godly people? Let's join with the psalmist. Are you in the word? How's your Bible study? Maybe you're tired of hearing people tell you to study the Bible, but that's where we need to be, in God's word. How's your relationship with Christ? The word. How can the Bible rise in our heart to deal with problems if you're not in his word? Close with a prayer. And then we'll, uh, we'll move into a time to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Let's pray. Dear God, preserve us, keep us like the psalmist says. Guard us, save us. And, oh, dear God, may it be forever. And how? Come. Come, Holy Spirit. Bring your, bring your pure, perfect word and may salvation be a lifestyle, not just a one-time thing. May, may salvation come every day as we turn to you. Fill our hearts. Forgive us, dear God. Forgive us how we turn to the world. Forgive us how we, how we turn away from you. May you, dear God, be our only master, the only thing in our heart, a single heart, May you lead us now as we worship you with remembrance of the Lord's Last Supper.